Come on, on May 18th, 2021. This episode is called Don't Be Deceived. Now, this episode like this last month. I said, Don't Be Deceived. God, excuse me, God does not mock. That one I'm primarily talking about. Don't mock God. This one I'm talking about. Don't be deceived by the devil or by any other person. So let's get started. This one is just called Don't Be Deceived, period. A lot of people over the centuries have been deceived and tricked and bamboozled and led astray and confused and pressured into making rash decisions. This is primarily done because the deceiver has an agenda. Well, while there are many earthly deceivers, the main one is spiritual. And he has camouflaged himself very well. The earthly deceivers might not even be aware they are deceiving themselves. And the spiritual deceiver can do his job easier because once he attaches himself to a person's sin nature, which you brought about in the first place, the person is taken captive at his will. Now, currently, it seems so many people have the answer to a health problem, especially on social media. I'm sure you probably saw those things about somebody those telling you what to eat, what not, what not to eat. Uh, what they're taking, that this medicine is bad for you, and that this food is bad for you. And they take you through this hour-long tutorial, and then want their byproduct. And since it happens so often, it makes me believe that's all they're in, into it for. Anyway, it seems to many people have the answer to a health problem, especially on social media. Or have the answer to political problems, or to financial problems, or even renovation issues, and other other things. Well, no matter what your beliefs are, you know that I feel that people have been deceived one way or another. Well, the world has been deceived, and for the most part, it doesn't even know it. I'm not talking about what foods to eat and which ones to avoid or which medications to avoid, what kind of materials to use to renovate your home. I'm talking about stuff like that. Because you'll be certain forever for that. No, oh, come on now. No, the deception I'm talking about is spiritual. It affects those who don't have a covenant relationship with the Lord and those who haven't been going to a church building since they were on a baby bottle. Now here's two things to remember. The word Christian is not a word that was coined by Christ. It was a secular word used to describe those who follow Christ. Now, in the 21st century, the word is tossed around so lightly that the phrase, I love you, just because your mouth says I'm a Christian, it doesn't make you one. 
one of the best ways, number two, one of the best ways to deceive people is to make them think that there is no such thing as the devil. And to do whatever failed right. That's the only way to live. Do whatever failed right. That's, the, that's how you live. Deception. So as a nation and a world, they've been deceived and have morphed into what you see now. Eight billion people on the planet and 23 billion ideas, opinions, solutions, arguments, and conclusions. Do you think this world resembles anything God is looking for? Forget the little pockets of so-called good here and there. But as a whole, does the world make God's expectations? Not even close. The main problem is just a three-letter word. Sin. S-I-N. Now, Galatians 6 and 7, the NIV says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Verses 9 and 10 for the NIV. Or well, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, drunkards. No slanderers, no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I usually use this scripture a lot. And a lot of people may not like it, but that's what that's the Bible. So if anybody's doing any of these, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Period. In the beginning, I in the beginning of this month, so I I said a few things you may feel that I thought that the thing or But no, it can be spiritually bad. The first thing is that Satan has an agenda. He knows his time is almost up. He's way past being forgiven. And he hates God and his people. Jews and Gentiles. And especially Israel. So he wants to take as many of God's creation to hell with him. He can't get a truly saved person. So he sells for the rest of the population that God loves. Mm -hmm. So hence, in short, that's his agenda. Now how does he do that? Well, without being legalistic, I'll give you a different scripture that basically says what I just read in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. This is Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21 from the ESV. <clears throat> now the words of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, 
jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Excuse me, now, that's a long list. But that's basically tell, telling you, if you think you're saved, or you think you can get away with this, you can't. You're not going to have to be doing any of these and haven't repented. Okay, I think I have that point here to explain it. Where I don't have to go all over the place. So to make it clear and plain, if you call yourself saved and you're doing any one or more than one of these and haven't repented by the time you die, hell is, it, hell is your own. Don't care what you call yourself. If you're doing that stuff and it's unrepented of, hell is your home. Now at that point, grace will not pull you over. All that grace, grace, grace teaching, deceiving you that you can live any way you feel like it and still go to heaven, it's a lie. What did I just read? Too many new believers think they're done and sealed and ready to go to eternal life. Woe to those teaching that farce. It's time to read the Bible for yourself. Listen, St. John chapter 14, verse 15 from the ESV says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now that's a saved person's obligation. It's not a suggestion. So do you know who is healed? Those who are spirit-filled, and I don't mean those who speak in tongues. What good is speaking in tongues? And you can't control your nasty, mean mouth when you're not speaking in tongues. It's a life, people. It's a life. Now the tongue. Obedience and living a holy, clean life is what God requires. Proof of that is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 from the NIV. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's what counts. Not your tongues. And Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So people say, I don't know how I'm supposed to live. Then you go right there. What does it require of you? Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Thank you, Lord. And of course, you still got to be born again. The earthly deceivers will continue to... Oh, excuse me. The earthly deceivers will continue to deceive people and be deceived themselves.
Listen, taking Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 from the NIV. In, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be, will be persecuted, while evildoers and apostles will go from bad to worse, to deceiving and being deceived. What you mean? So, without bombarding you with another scripture right now, Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light. An angel of light. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. That's the deception. <clears throat> I would have to write a book to tell you about the same, his same old tricks he uses on every generation with a different window dressing. It's the same old bag of tricks that my friend says. The same old bag of tricks, but just different window dressing for the new generation. Now, many no doubt are asking why I think what, what I'm teaching is right. Alright, before we get the biblical prophecy come in the past, let's say that I've always tried to teach spiritual common sense. But even though common sense ain't common, I got to pass it on anyway with the hope in God that someone will understand this and become saved and know that the Bible, or know what the Bible says about salvation, not tradition. <clears throat> Holding on to tradition is what kept the Pharisees at all with Jesus. So... So far, we learned it's not about tradition, it's not about speaking in tongues. Now, as far as Bible prophecy goes, that's Jesus' proof right there. <clears throat> what you see happening around the world and in this country, it's been foretold by Jesus in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. It's the same story, but different authors. And there are Old Testament prophecies that haven't come to pass yet, too. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's Revelation 19, verse 10b. So while people use religion to try to justify God, Jesus is not, not only a religion, he's not a religion, but he has prophecy on his side. A little while ago, I mentioned that there's no sense speaking in tongues if you have a filthy mouth that cuts people to the bone. Now, here's a scripture pertaining to the mouth. And this is just one. I think you know what book this is from. James chapter 1 verse 26 from the NIV. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Yeah, that worthless. So I can seek a Messiah or he's coming in a Honda or I want. But if I don't put a rein on my tongue, it's all for nothing. So if we don't do checks and balances, 
rather if we do checks and balances. Let's do checks and balances on speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is fine. It's part of the body. But just checking and balancing, how, you got to ask yourself, how's your mouth? Can you put a bridle on it? <clears throat> Another one, grace, grace, grace. Now to check and balance that, do you obey the Lord's commandments? You know, many say I love the Lord because he first loved me. That's so true. But to check, but to check and balance that, once again, do you obey the Lord's commandment? Remember St. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. There's so much deception going on in the church that it's no wonder folks won't get saved. People are losing whatever faith they have, they did have, and people are putting their hope in temporary nonsense. That seems like a good thing, but it's really deception. Yeah, get this is a wonderful opportunity to come to Jesus. The real opportunity. It's almost like running water from the tap into an empty spaghetti jar. You know, you just use up all the spaghetti. Now you're gonna run water in it. <clears throat> While the water is going in, the leftover sauce is going out. The Lord is cleaning your house. The dead weight is, is going out, and the sincere, humble commandment obeying folks are coming in. Now, am I saying that all the people turn their backs on God are hopeless? Of course not. Pray for them, please. But overall, God is still cleaning house and getting his army ready for spiritual battle because as you can see, the world needs spiritual intervention. Big time. There is so much more that goes into deception, but I can't explain it all. No person knows it all. And even what I would like to add we take it into tomorrow. You see, many consider the baby, um, baby boomers over the hill, stupid, out of touch, etc. But the same preachers and teachers who are baby boomers are emptying themselves to whoever will listen. What do I mean by emptying themselves? I mean that all we have learned over the years, we pour out to you. So when we go to sleep, no, or when we die, we know before we leave this earth that we have all the knowledge and wisdom we had to the folks left on earth. So we want to die empty. The very few people I listen to about spiritual things, they are baby boomers. And I can tell they are emptying themselves big time. Because they know we're not going to be here forever. And that's only about four. These are the ones that I'm, that I'm always interested in what they have to say. Just four. 
I'll have a whole bunch of pre-tells too. Like I heard another, a different well-known preacher say, I'm paraphrasing, New Young Saints, don't drop the mic like the rap rapids do. The mic is in your hands in this era of time to proclaim the gospel. Don't drop the mic as if you're finished. You've not yet begun to fight. So I'm saying now, in essence, the torch is being passed on to you from us baby boomers. Whatever we didn't get done in our lifetime is on record. And whatever we did get done is on record. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Be aware of Satan's devices. Don't confuse things. Either we're in or either we're out. There's none of this saved on Monday and on Tuesday, saved again on Wednesday, but I'm out on Thursday, I'm in on Friday, I'm lost on Saturday, but woof, I made it. Saved on Sunday. Throw that garbage out. The controversial statement of once saved, always saved, depends on how you look at it. If you say you accepted Jesus in 1998, and from then on, you lived any way you saw fit, and then died and go to hell, what would you save from in the first place? Doesn't being saved equate with eternal life? According to St. John chapter 5, verse 24, then how did that person wind up in hell? You gotta read that verse. Then ask your question, why did they wind up in hell? The answer then might be, well, they didn't obey God. Well, then that takes us back to St. John, chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, that scenario involves those who believe in losing their salvation. Now, on the other hand, if a person never backslides and then dies, you can say that person had a once saved, always saved life. If you don't believe that can happen, then are you saying that every saint backslides? That's not Bible. Why would Jesus tell me to live right if I couldn't do it? He's not going to tell you something you can't do. The church better get back to the unadulterated, sometimes it hurts gospel. Instead of the, instead of this candy-coated, sugar-laden, pleasant-to-the-ears of garbage, it's passing as the gospel of Jesus. We often emphasize that God has two sides. People don't want to accept it, but here's examples of God's two sides. And this is only three. First one I chose was Psalm number 30, verse 5. And For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. We've been made safe in the night, rejoicing comes in the morning. 
So you got his anger and you got his rejoicing. So if he's angry, he's only angry at people who don't follow him. The Bible says he's angry with the wicked every day. But if he's a saint, he's not angry with you. But he says anger lasts for a moment. So even his anger is but for a moment. What he's really about is favor. What he's really about is love. What he's really about is rejoicing. And he says weeping may stay for the night. Rejoicing comes in the morning. So stay with Jesus. Here's the second one. <clears throat> and that's the Old Testament. But regardless, stay with God. If woman says stay with God, say stay with God. Stay with God. Because he's really all about love, mercy, and wanting his people to be with him. But nevertheless, he has just justice. He's going to carry out. Now here's the second one. Romans chapter 11, verse 22 from the NIV. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, the Jews, but kindness to you, Gentiles, provided that you continue in kindness. Otherwise, you will also be cut off. That chapter was talking about how God didn't forget his people. He didn't forget the Jews. There's no such thing as replacement theology. Throw it out the window too. God still loves the Jews. They're still his chosen people and always will be. But he wanted the Gentiles, don't get high and lift it up. That you're saved now. Because God temporarily has blinded the eyes of the Israelites and cut them off. He, he, he'll cut you off too, more likely, but temporarily, as long as you come back to him. Because he said, provided that you continue in his kindness. So you got to continue in his kindness. You can't take it for granted. Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. All right, now here's X. Here's the third one. This is a long one. I wrote the whole thing out, so you got to listen to this. This is Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, for the NIV. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sephira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what happened. That's not it. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in. 
not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias have for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So even though it was New Testament, who I still in there by now, I'm the same God I always was. I'm the same God that split the Red Sea. I'm the same God that drowned Pharaoh and his army. I'm the same God that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm the same God that brought the flood with Noah and the ark. So just because you're under grace, don't take, don't take, try to take advantage of God because it's not going to work. I'm going to have to ask you something here. So, if you know anyone caught up in the ultra grace teaching, all right, not only pray for them, but ask them why do they believe what they believe. It's, it's the um, deception. It's nothing else. If you know anyone who thinks how you live is not important, Ask them how they arrived at that conclusion. Tell them to read uh, Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude. Tell them to read Jude. Right off the bat, Jude tells them there's people who think that you can live immorally and still be alright. See, the Bible covers a lot of things people are getting involved in right now. You know, the answers are right in there if they just look. Most people's beliefs are based off of ignorance, repetitions of things that happen in their life. Other people's beliefs that your flesh believes because it makes you feel good. The answers of life are not on Google. One reason Solomon Gomorrah got destroyed besides homosexual activity is the idleness, aka the laziness of humanity. There's Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49 50. Alright. In closing, all born again, all any born again person can do, all we can do is plead, plant, and water, and hope that God gives the increase. Please, 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 don't be deceived by the stuff that's out here. It means you no good. A lot of stuff means you no good. Smile in your face, and you got a knife going in your back. When you turn around, they're going to shoot you with 357 Magnum in the spirit and try to kill you. There's so much deception going on right now. Don't be deceived. 
Stand with the Lord. And let him bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.